1: If you're a politics junkie, you need to be listening to the Election Ride Home podcast. Every day at 5 p.m., former This American Life contributor Chris Higgins reports from the campaign trail. Who's up? Who's down? What issues are getting traction and what do the polls say? Search your podcast app now for Ride Home and subscribe to the Election Ride Home podcast. Hearing dark stories in a podcast is one thing, but living in darkness is quite another. If you're living with depression and trying to deal with it using alcohol, illegal drugs, or other bad influences, please pick up the phone right now and get help. 800-831-1560. Every 12 minutes, someone dies of an overdose. Every 6 minutes, from alcohol abuse. Call 800-831-1560. With the FMLA, you can even take a leave of absence from your job and still keep it. 800-831-1560. The following is a weekend archive episode of Weird Darkness. Originally aired February 13th, 2000. 2000-
0: Comcast Business gives you the bandwidth you need to power all your devices. Get started with 200 megabit internet and voice for ninety nine ninety nine per month. And for a limited time, we'll upgrade your speed to 300 megabits for no additional cost for the first year with a three year agreement. Call 1 800 501 6000 today. Comcast Business, beyond fast.
1: Offerance 3 120 restrictions apply not available in all areas. New business customers only limited to Comcast Business Internet, 200 megabits per second, and one voice mobility line regulates. Apply after the first 12 months. Three agreement required. Early termination fee applies. Equipment taxes and fees extra subject to change. Monthly service charge increases by $10 without paperless billing and auto pay. Sunday 18 Stories and content in Weird Darkness can be disturbing for some listeners and is intended for mature audiences only. Parental
0: discretion is strongly advised. There's no more room in hell. The dead will walk here. Death has come to your little town, Sheriff. You can either ignore it or you can help me to stop it. I
1: see it. Red rum. Red rum! Red rum! Red
0: rum! Red rum! We Red rum. accept the one of us. gobble. super gobble. We accept her. We accept her. Listen to them. Children of the night. The box. No. Oh. You opened it. We came. It's just a puzzle We'll tear your soul apart. I'm not gonna hurt you. You didn't let me finish my sentence. I said, I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains. <laughs> I'll drive you crazy. And I'll kill you all. I'm everything you ever had. I am the worst dream come true. I'm everything you ever were afraid of.
1: Welcome, weirdos. I'm Darren Moirler, and this is Weird Darkness. Here you'll find stories of the paranormal, supernatural, mysterious, macabre, unsolved, and unexplained. If you have a dark tale to tell, you can share it with me at WeirdDarkness.com and I might use it in a future episode. And be sure to subscribe if you've not done so already so you don't miss future uploads. And if you like what you hear and you want to hear even more, every week I post episodes exclusively for patrons. You can learn more and become a patron by clicking the link in the show notes. Or visit WeirdDarkness.com and click on Become a Patron. Coming up in this episode of Weird Darkness… Two women walking home in the twilight come across the ghost of a woman dead for the past year. A man tells the terrifying story of how he was possessed by a demon… Two girls discover that even if you don't believe a legend of ghostly children, you still shouldn't tease them. If you vacation at Carlsbad Lagoon, you'll need something stronger than sunscreen to protect you. Traumatic events can sometimes trigger poltergeist activity, but for one young girl, the torment seems to have no end. The hills of northern Chile are not safe for men walking alone at night. A female spirit known as La Lola stalks the night, lost and enraged over the murder of her husband. Glowing eyes in the dark, a man in a dark suit, and a party in the other room, none of which are real except to two young girls who swear it actually happened. Lehigh, Oklahoma With the dark past of gangsters, the KKK, a corrupt sheriff, and the paranormal. Now, bolt your doors, lock your windows, turn off your lights, and come with me into the weird darkness. When I was almost four years old, my mom invited my aunt and cousin over to our house. I was excited to see my cousin as I would have someone to play with. I didn't hear them arrive but mom called out to let me know that my cousin was there. I left my bedroom at the end of the hallway and ran into the living room to see my mom, aunt, cousin, and several other people. My cousin and I quickly decided to go to my room and on the way, she asked me who everyone else there was. I told her I didn't know. Eventually, we were bored So we went back to our moms, and I think it's weird that our moms were watching TV with all these other people around. I could hear them talking to each other, but didn't catch or didn't understand what they were talking about. I could smell cigarettes, hear ice in glasses, and a stereo or some music was on. Our moms, just wanting to talk and spend time with people their own age, told us that we could go jump on my parents' bed. Well, it's 1981, and That was one step below getting a pony. You didn't have to tell us twice. My cousin commented about the smell of smoke and all of the noise as we headed to the bedroom. Here's where I have to give you a little information on my parents' room. It had a master bath and a sliding glass door that led to a small sun porch. The sun porch had a screen door to the large backyard. So we're jumping and having a great time when I see what looks like a pair of huge eyes on the bottom right of the door. At the time, I thought they looked like Garfield, only not overlapping, and they were practically glowing. I pointed them out to my cousin, and as she was looking and about to dismiss it, they looked at her. We freaked out and she decided we had to get our moms. I watched it as she leapt from the bed and they followed her movement which made me getting off the bed even more terrifying. We ran out to the party and explained what we saw, but we were only told to go back and turn the light off. They insisted it was just a reflection. We go back down the hall, but don't want to go back to the room. Just as we try to turn back down the hall, a man in a dark suit walks out of my dark bedroom past us and my aunt yells at us to grow up and go back to jumping on the bed. We didn't like the idea but we really didn't want her to come down the hall angry either. So we begged for them to come look once more, but that just brought on the count you get as a warning that you are about to be in trouble. We look into the room, and the eyes are looking right at us. Our plan is to hit the lights and bolt for the bed no matter what. My cousin hit the switch. I instantly realized that you can't see the backyard. With the lights off, the bright orange street light lets you see not only the backyard but the houses behind it. The eyes were still there. Whatever it might be, it's blocking the entire door. We bolt for the bed and cover up under the blankets. That whole kid thing that nothing can get you under the blankets. Next thing I know, we've fallen asleep and we're being woken up by our moms. We try to point it out, but the eyes are gone and so are the people. My cousin says she doesn't remember, but that after we spoke about it up until she was about eight when she said she didn't ever want to talk about it anymore. I think our very religious grandmother convinced her she would go to hell if she kept talking about it. The weirdest part of all of this is that over 30 years later, my mom remembers that night and wishes she had checked it out. I said something about her being too busy with the party. "'What party?' she asked. I told her about all the people, the smoke, music, and wondering how they could hear the TV with so many people. She told me there weren't any other people there. I kept insisting my cousin and I had both seen the same thing, but she refused to talk about it ages ago. My mom has tons of questions, and I did my best to answer them, but she still maintains that no one else was there that night. I don't know what my cousin and I experienced. I don't know if it was something evil in the window and a haunting in the rest of the house or what, but I know I saw something. My mother knows we tried to get her attention. It was the weirdest thing I had ever seen. traumatic events can sometimes trigger poltergeist activity. But for one young girl, the torment seemed to have no end. It's currently theorized that poltergeist activity arises out of the subconscious of a living person, called an agent. This agent, very often a young girl, usually is known to be under some kind of stress, whether it is emotional, physical, or psychological. By some mechanism that is still unknown to science and paranormal researchers, this inner stress can manifest as phenomena outside the agent. Turmoil inside the body and mind of the agent becomes a physical reality in the form of knocks on the walls, lights and other electronics flickering off and on by themselves, objects thrown about, and more. The case of Laura B might very well qualify her as a poltergeist agent. As a young girl, she suffered the anguish of an alcoholic father, who often lashed out in violent anger. It's not surprising, then, that Laura was terrified of her home's basement at night, since that is where her parents' bedroom was. The creepy feeling in my basement intensified as his alcoholism and addictions grew worse, Laura says, and I would refuse to go into my parents' room for any reason, There was always a negative feeling in the room, but I always attributed that to my dad. Evil in itself is not paranormal, and we can easily understand why Laura would get negative feelings from that room. About five years ago, however, her parents divorced, and that's when the line began to be crossed into the unexplained, when the poltergeist activity began. All of the negative feelings that had been in my parents' room suddenly moved into my room and intensified, Laura says. Now, on one level, this could be understood as a psychological reaction. Many children feel responsible or guilty for their parents' divorces, and Laura might have been transferring the negative feelings she once had about her parents' room her father, and brought them into her own room, her unjustified guilt. But now that she was directing this fear and trauma inward, it began to manifest in outward phenomena. I had taken the TV from downstairs into my room but always had to sleep with it on or with me facing the other direction," Laura says in explaining how the phenomenon began. If I looked around my room at night, I would always see a tiny red orb zip across my room. I would watch it zoom from one side of my room to another almost like the red dot from a laser pointer. Shortly after, I would see this red light. If I looked at my TV, there would be a small green square flashing at the center of the screen. This square would get larger with each flash and looked like it was an image, but I was way too scared to look at it. The flashing TV sent me extremely bad vibes and I would always turn out the lights or the TV afterward so I wouldn't be in the dark. Terrible, silent dark. If this happened just once, we might dismiss this experience as a hallucination. But the phenomenon repeated night after night for Laura. Each night I would see the screen flash once and be too terrified to even consider looking at it. I realized that the red light was a sign that the TV would flash, so I would always turn on the TV or slam my eyes shut when I saw it. I got so scared of the red light and green flash But I stopped sleeping in my room altogether. Fast forward to a year after Laura's parents divorced. It was the end of the school year and Laura decided to have a sleepover party with a few close friends to celebrate. Laura planned for them to sleep in the living room, making the excuse that her bedroom was too small. I had other reasons for saying that," she says. One girl was intent on sneaking into Laura's room, however, and when she did so, Laura had a disturbing vision. What I saw made me go cold, she recalls. Black smog-like gunk was oozing out from the crack under my door into the hallway. It was one of the most disgusting-looking things I have ever seen." Laura was at her wits' end. She asked another trusted friend who happened to have an interest in the paranormal to investigate her room. She went in and came out a while later looking white-faced. Whatever is in your room is the most evil thing I have ever encountered," she told Laura. It is not human. To be objective, we don't know whether or not Laura's friend is a suitable judge of such matters, but she did perhaps feel the same negativity that Laura was dealing with. Laura believes this was a turning point. After she investigated my room, it was as if hell had been unleashed, Laura says. I believe that acknowledging the entity for what it was gave it power. The negative feeling in my room spread to the entire house and made being there feel oppressive. I no longer felt safe in my house." It all seemed to come to a head one summer night when Laura and this friend were in the house alone. Even though it was the summer, my entire house was cold, she says. A heavy, malevolent feeling seemed to creep ever closer to us. We were cold, so we decided to make some soup. As we were in my kitchen, we heard a scratching noise come from the inside of the microwave. We opened it up to see where it could be coming from, and the noise stopped. We couldn't find the source, so we shut the door, and the scratching started up again. Laura's dog began to act strangely. He would stand, look nervously at the TV whine with discomfort, then sit down again with his ears pinned back submissively. The two girls decided to put on a movie to calm their escalating fears. I was sitting on my couch with my feet tucked under me when I felt something cold, thick, and pointed brush from my heel to the arch of my foot, says Laura. It was very deliberate and the worst sensation I have ever felt. I screamed and jumped up, and my friend and I ran outside and got onto my trampoline and just held each other in the semi-darkness. I looked toward my room, and I could see a shape in my window, even though no one else was home. My dog started to freak out again, and there was a rustling noise in the grass. I saw what looked like a black cloak being dragged across the grass. The shape circled the trampoline several times and then disappeared. The disturbing activity continued for Laura until she got some advice from an online friend. He said he had two guardian spirits that he would send to me to take care of the creature, one light and one dark, Laura says. I was desperate for any kind of help, so I agreed. Most of us probably would not have taken that solution very seriously, but Laura insists that she witnessed a phenomenon that she interpreted as those two guardian spirits. That night, I stayed up all night watching three orbs of light fly frantically around my house, she says. One was an inky black color that seemed to ooze and drip. The others were a large black ball and a smaller white ball. The white and black ball were chasing and bumping into the inky blots as I watched wide-eyed. The black and white spirits forced it out of my house and for a while I thought everything would be all right. Things were not all right, however. Laura continued to be haunted by menacing shadows and experienced one particularly terrifying illusion. A couple of houses down the street, there's a family that has large Rottweilers, she says. One night I was walking home when I looked at that dog. It was staring at me with inky black eyes. It also looked like its jaw had been ripped off and its tongue was just lolling out of its mouth. I ran to my house and in front of my driveway was a cat with the same ripped-out jaw, but its eyes were normal. It was strange and disturbing, but luckily I only saw that phenomenon once." Today the phenomena have subsided, but Laura admits that her faith has been shaken by this ordeal. I'm not sure what I believe anymore, she says, but all that I know for sure is that there is true evil in this world. I grew up in a small town in Illinois. When I was a teenager, I would spend most of my time with my best friend, Haley. A lot of the time we would hang out at her house, where just she and her mother lived. Sometimes her mother would tell us spooky stories about their old house, which would put us in the mood to go find a ghost of our own. Well, one night we decided to go out to Hungry Hollow Road. It's named after a legend we all knew in that area. The story goes, sometime during the Great Depression, a family with a bunch of little kids lived out there in a shack. There was a blizzard and they all got snowed in. The family ran out of food and slowly starved to death. Supposedly, if you drive out to said road, park, turn off your car engine and lights, you can talk to the dead children and they will answer. We headed out to the Windy Road, which is pretty much out in the country. Most of it just goes through different wooded areas and is pretty creepy at night. We found a good spot where we couldn't see any lights and parked the car. We rolled down all the windows. I sat in the back seat, a little nervous by this point. Haley's mom was the one driving. She turned off the engine and lights. We sat in darkness and listened to the sounds of crickets and frogs. We heard some animals scurrying through the leaves, which made both Haley and I a little scared. We quietly talked amongst ourselves, daring each other to speak out loud to the children. I wouldn't. I was being a baby. There were some cookies left over in the car from earlier that day, so Haley decided to taunt the children. Hey, little children! Are you hungry? I have some food here for you! She said it a few times. Then we sat there in silence for what probably seemed longer than it actually was before we heard a loud thump on the back of the car. Haley's mom turned the car on right away and we drove back to their house without looking back. Once we made it safely there, we got out of the car and went to inspect the back. We were wondering if there was damage since the noise was so loud. The back of the car had tiny little handprints. Have you been dreaming of writing your own book? Have you already written one? How would you like to be a published author with Dorrance Publishing? They have been working with authors and publishing great books for nearly a hundred years, and your book could be next. And they cover it all. They edit your text, design your book pages, create a great-looking cover for your book, Plus, as one of their authors, you'll also benefit from a custom book promotion marketing campaign – making your book available everywhere people buy books – online like Amazon, but also brick-and-mortar bookstores. Your only job is to write the book! Call Doran's Publishing toll-free at 800-847-1362 1362 800-847-1362. Even if you're only curious, it's still worth making this free call to get their free author's guide to becoming a published author. Call Dorrance Publishing at 800-847-1362. Imagine, someday I might be promoting your book in my podcast. 800-847-1362. A possessed man has said he faced sheer terror after an evil demon took over control of his body. Gert Brouwer said he was left unable to breathe and a neighbor had to rescue him after the paranormal monster took control of him when he was 21 years old. He made the astonishing claim at the ParaForce UK Paranormal Convention in Witham-Essex. Mr. Brouwer, who was visiting from the Netherlands, told the stunned audience that in the year before his possession, a terrible series of events happened. He said, I had a car crash the same year, age 20. I lost my girlfriend in the same year, and a friend of mine was murdered. I thought, why am I getting so much bull in my life? He said he got himself a new apartment, but after just two months of being there, he saw a web coming down with a big spider in it. He said, I put the lights on, and there was nothing there. I came home two weeks later and could not breathe anymore. A neighbor was knocking on the door saying, Gert, Gert, Gert. She wanted to help me, but I couldn't breathe anymore. I had scratches. My brain was not working anymore and I couldn't breathe. So I went to see a shrink. Mr. Brower began writing two blogs, one called me and the other he. He said, I was asked, why do you call it he? And I said, I felt he was a demon. I hope no one here will get caught with something like that. Mr. Brower said after about two and a half months, he decided he could defeat the creature. He said, I changed my stance and had the psychology, I want to beat you, I want to win this battle. I needed to reschedule my thoughts because I was mixed up with a demon. He decided to train as an exorcist to be able to fend off the hellish spirit. He said he now knows just how rare demonic possession cases are. Mr. Brouwer, who was born in the Netherlands and now lives in Breda, said in 95% of possession cases, there is no demon involved, it's just the emotions of an entity. He told the convention he had paranormal experiences from as young as 11 when he also saw a psychiatrist. Mr. Brouwer said, aged 11, I would see things, pictures, and told my shrink what would happen in the future. He went on to found Paranormal Society World and GJB Media and describes himself as a demonologist, medium and exorcist. The website of the society says he has won 14 awards for his paranormal work and appeared on TV. His profile on the website states, from a young age, Gert could communicate with the immortal. He uses all his senses in the field. At his 21st year, he was confronted with a demon in his apartment. This was also his first negative experience in the paranormal. This made the road open for Gert as an exorcist and the occult. There is no scientific evidence that possession is real, but many religions carry out exorcisms to rid people of evil spirits. The oldest reference to demonic possession are from the Sumerians from around 4000 BC. They believed all diseases of body and mind were caused by sickness demons called Gid Dim. If you like Weird Darkness, you might also like some of the audiobooks I've narrated, such as Singer of Lies, a science fantasy novel by Michael R. Collings. He's young and intelligent and highly trained. He is Eric Banfeld, shipwrecked on a long-forgotten colony world where brawn and brute strength are more valued than knowledge. Physically untrained and emotionally unprepared in the barest skills of survival, he seems compelled to spend a short and very unpleasant life as a half-naked savage working like a beast of burden on a world so sunk into barbarism that its inhabitants have no concept of the wheel. It's either that or die." his only possible chance, his only hope of becoming one with the folk is to become a singer or teller of stories. But in Eric Banfield's case, he must be a singer of lies. Singer of Lies, a science fantasy novel by Michael R. Collings. You can hear a sample of the book or download it now by clicking the link in the show notes or visit the audiobooks page at weirddarkness.com for a complete list of all the audiobooks I've narrated. This episode is sponsored by Send Out Cards. You can try it for free at sendoutcards.com weird or visit weirddarkness.com and click on a Send a Free Card link. I've been using Send Out Cards now for years and absolutely love it. I've used it for business purposes as well as personal. When I was pursuing an acting career, I used to send cards all the time to talent agencies Now I send cards to some of my clients to thank them for their work. I'll also be sending cards out to my patrons here in the very near future to thank them for supporting Weird Darkness and Daily Dose of Weird News with Marler House. And well, tomorrow is Valentine's Day. And I don't have a car. My wife uses the car all day. But no problem, I used send out cards. That actually worked out pretty well, because when it comes to shopping for cards on Valentine's Day, I can never find the right message. But with send out cards, I can write my own message. I can add my own picture to the card. In fact, if I don't find anything on send out cards that works for me, I can create my own card from scratch, professionally printed, sent in the mail just like any other card you would buy in a store. I'm really hoping that my bride likes what I wrote for her tomorrow for Valentine's Day. If you want to try it out for free, you can visit sendoutcards.com/weird or visit weirddarkness.com and click on send a free card. I'll pay for the postage. It was almost dark, and my mother and aunt were walking along the road on the side of the woods returning from their aunt's village where my grandmother had sent them to bring a bag of rice so she and her family wouldn't go hungry until her husband got paid for the job he had on the railroad. The twilight made it difficult to see, and they knew that soon it would be pitch black and they'd be unable to see anything at all. The woods were lonely, and a man could attack them at any moment. Even if they were to scream, no one would hear them. The woods were very thick with vegetation and frightening to walk through even in the daytime. Now that it was night, they could hear the crickets and smell the wetness of the dewy soil. They walked past a creek, joining with the crickets to make the sound of dark loneliness. Though they kept their ears open, ready to hear the footsteps of a mad attacker, all they could hear was the chirping of the crickets and the sound of the creek. My mother was cursing my grandmother for having sent her and her sister out so late when suddenly my aunt grabbed my mother's arm and pointed to a young woman with long black hair in a torn blue sari and bare feet emerging from the woods. Both my mother and my aunt recognized her as the woman whose body had been found a year earlier on the side of the road. My grandmother had told them that she'd been raped and strangled, probably as she'd been walking on the lonely road at night, just as my mother and aunt were doing now. She followed behind them as they walked. Though her mouth was gaping and she was pointing to it as if to show them a secret, she said nothing. My mother and aunt were terrified and walked as fast as they could, but the girl kept up with them. Then, as quickly as she had appeared, she slipped back into the woods and into the blackness of the night." Though they had heard stories about the reality of ghosts ever since they were little girls, my mother and aunt never believed them until now. They held tightly to each other as they walked, still listening for the footsteps of a man who could attack them and turn them into yet another silent ghost. Carlsbad Lagoon. Perfect for paddle and motorized water sports. It's one of the best places to enjoy wakeboarding and water skiing. Even if you're not into these activities, you can simply lay back and soak up some sun. Just make sure to pack more than sunscreen for protection. There are many things that go bump during both night and day, so you may want to be prepared before they make you their next victim the water is so clear that you can almost see deep into the lagoon. As enchanting as this may sound, there is one big drawback to this. You will get to see her. Floating naked close to the surface, nothing about the siren hints to her ferocious nature except the blood around her mouth. Those who have the misfortune of seeing her are tricked into believing that she's a corpse, The water around her looks a little bit murkier, but anyone who has seen her and survived to tell about it has had a difficult time explaining it. Locals have speculated that she actually bites her own lips to create the blood, adding to the illusion that she is injured and needs help. But if she can bleed, does that mean she's still alive? Perhaps that's the most chilling observation of them all, she lays in the water waiting for somebody to come over to help her. Little do they know that this beautiful creature is just waiting to get closer to her latest victim to drag their lifeless bodies down with her. A local legend says that a young couple became her victims when the husband spotted her floating closer to the hull. Suspecting that she was one of the summer vacationers at the lagoon, he jumped into the water to save her. The minute he touched her, she opened her eyes and held on to him tightly. She bit at his throat and dragged him down with his blood swirling upwards. His wife, who was watching them from the hull, was hysterical when officials found their boat. Her husband's body is yet to be found. Not many people know that the land surrounding the lagoon used to be a cemetery. From 1885 to 1906, Oceanside's Buena Vista Cemetery was the resting place for many locals. Though many bodies were disinterred and moved over time, construction workers keep finding coffins and human remains regularly. Because the resting dead have awakened, the residents of Carlsbad are used to seeing ghostly apparitions in their backyards and near the lagoon. While most of these wander around, there are several who are out to get those who dared disturb their eternal sleep. Many of Carlsbad's residents have been found in the lagoon, drowned in its shallow waters. Considering how a few victims are good swimmers and their corpses showed no signs of resistance, it was only natural for the locals to blame the jittery, angry ghosts. Further confirming their suspicions are stories of a ghost who keeps on mumbling and calling residents' names. It makes its way easily to their homes, driving them crazy as it calls them out. The hills of northern Chile are not safe for men walking alone at night. A female spirit known as La Lola stalks the night. Lost, and enraged over the murder of her husband. But that's only where the story ends. It seems there was once a young woman named Dolores who was never at a loss for suitors as her father was extremely wealthy. She was beautiful and the man called her Lola. But her father was very protective and did his best to keep the men at bay. Only the perfect man would do for his beloved daughter. One day, Lola met a handsome young man and fell in love at first sight. But the man was a poor miner. Her father would never accept him. Blind with love, Lola ran away with the young man. They soon fell in with a group of his fellow miners and before long, the young man struck gold. Finally wealthy, they returned to Lola's father who, reluctantly, gave his blessing upon their marriage. Lola would soon discover, however, that though she loved him dearly, he did not return that love. The husband went out every night carousing with friends and sleeping with other women. It happened so often that Lola was driven mad with jealousy and broken by her abused love. Late one night, her husband returned home to find Lola waiting on him. Before he could react, Lola had stabbed the man to death. In the act of murder, Lola's final tenuous ties to sanity were broken. She fled into the night, shrieking at the top of her lungs. Days later, Lola returned to her home, weeping and disheveled. In her madness, she no longer recognized the fact that she had killed her husband. Instead, she insisted that a man, jealous of their love, had killed her husband to claim Lola for himself. In the dead of night, Lola stole her husband's coffin and dragged it into the hills in search of the murderer. Unable to find the man responsible, Lola climbed higher and higher into the hills and mountains. When she finally died, she still had not managed to find the man responsible for her husband's death. And so, in death, she continues her search. Men in the mountains are said to hear their names called at night. If they follow the voice, They will find themselves face to face with Lola. She is beautiful, glowing in solid white with her husband's black coffin behind her. If he finds her, they say he will never be heard from again. Killed by La Lola for murdering her husband. When I visited Lehigh, Oklahoma with my mom, dad, and sister, I was about 12 years old. What I remember about this desolate place is that the land is filled with chiggers. My legs had bites all over them. I remember seeing water snakes in the strippets made by coal miners. Strippets are large holes in the ground created by past coal miners. I remember capturing a land turtle, and after playing with this turtle for about two hours I released it back in the grasslands. My dad was born and raised in Lehigh. His mother, Sophie Roberts, was known as the Angry Frenchwoman. My cousin, Paul Laird, at one time was the mayor of Lehigh, Oklahoma, after his tour in Vietnam with the 1st Cavalry Division. When I visited Lehigh, it was during the weekend of the 4th of July, and I remember lighting a Black Cat firecracker, and it blew up in my hand. I was screaming bloody murder. Believe me, it hurt. That very same night, after I fell asleep, I went sleepwalking in my grandmother's house, and my father found me walking about in a dead sleep. I believe the pain from the firecracker blowing up in my hand caused my sleepwalking. The next night, the pain subsided, and I was able to watch the fireflies in the night sky. My cousins and I would capture them and place them in a large jar. The very first time I went hunting was in Oklahoma, and I did not have the heart to shoot a rabbit, nor could I shoot a deer my dad sort of gave up on me when it came to hunting. Anyway, those are the things that I remember about Lehigh. Lehigh is a very old town, been around since 1882. At one time, this town was called Boone, but then they changed it to Lehigh, naming it after Lehigh County, Pennsylvania, a coal mining region. At one point in time, Pretty Boy Floyd passed through this town, and legend has it hid at one of the homes in Lehigh. My grandmother lived in a home that was built by the blood money gained from a notorious sheriff of the town. Story has it, the corrupt sheriff killed a resident and took his valuables and money. With that money, he built that house that my grandmother lived in. Lehigh once had a lynching there, conducted by the infamous Ku Klux Klan. Lehigh may be a small town, but it still has a historic past, and some of the past's history is tarnished. At one time, Lehigh was a thriving town because of the coal mines. Lehigh became a ghost town when the trains started using oil instead of coal. Many miners were injured and some lost their lives in the coal mines. Some workers on the train tracks were also injured and some lost their lives. There are people who have visited or lived in Lehigh that say that this town is very haunted. The Owl Grocery Spectre Around this old building, a large, tall shadow is seen against the walls and on the ground. A few people have said that they have been pushed or shoved by this specter. Megan Hall, a visitor, says she was grabbed and then she felt like she was possessed. The possession lasted for about six minutes, and after the entity left her body, she vomited all over the place. Then there's the strip-at-hand demon. Legend has it that back in the 1920s, two brothers were chopping wood. One brother told the other that if he placed his hand on a block of wood, he would chop it off. The brother did exactly that, and the brother chopped off his hand. After he chopped off his brother's hand, he felt so bad about doing it, he threw the hand into a strippet. By throwing the hand into a stripit, the brother thought he was hiding the evidence. Later, his brother died. In the strippet, people have claimed that they see a hand floating around in the water. The hand has all kinds of blisters on it, and one resident who does not want to be identified says that the hand once choked him. Many people believe that hand is demonically possessed. There's the coal miner in black. Residents have seen what appears to be a coal miner wandering around the thickets. He's dressed all in black. When one resident approached the miner, the miner said, Why? Why? theory is that this is the ghost of a coal miner that lost his life in the mines. There's also the screaming blue lady. On one of the railroad tracks, late at night, people will see a woman dressed in blue and screaming at the top of her lungs. It's believed that she may have committed suicide at the railroad tracks. No one seems to know her story. Darren Danville from Texas says that his mother, a resident of Colgate, Oklahoma, believes that the screaming blue lady when she was alive found out that her husband was cheating on her with her best friend and that she ran onto the railroad tracks into an oncoming train and died there's the flying bobcat hunters have seen what appears to be a bobcat that can leap from the tree and fly a considerable distance the flying bobcat has been seen 3 times by hunters and lehigh thunderbird in 1987 a coal miner named Curly Bob made claim that he saw a large bird with a 30-foot wingspan fly over Lehigh. Could that be some type of Thunderbird? If you'd like to support the show, you can become a monthly patron for as little as $1 per month and get exclusive patron-only content for as little as $5 per month including numerous episodes you can't find anywhere else online. Learn more by clicking the link in the show notes, or visit WeirdDarkness.com and click on Become a Patron. Another way to show your support is to share a link directly to this episode on Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, and other social media, and ask your friends and family to subscribe to the podcast as well and leave a rating and review. If you subscribe and leave a review, I'll be sure to give you a shout out in a future episode. Whisper to Us from Canada said, Love this podcast. Easy to listen to stories in one episode. I've always loved short stories. Also love your voice and reading style. Keep it up. Grandma from the USA said, My job requires me to travel every day of the week to check in on patients. This show is a great traveling companion. I so enjoy the long drives. I love this podcast. Keep up the great work. Just found you and I'm hooked. And to prove I don't only share the good reviews, John Pilot from the USA said, Decent production values, but I tuned in for paranormal and weird, not the host's right-wing politics. Just as Gandhi's hunger strikes were not protesting food, NFL players kneeling aren't protesting the military or the flag. I'm out. Oh well, I guess you can't win them all. By the way, he's referring to the podcast I did for Super Bowl Sunday so go back and listen to that to understand. And thanks to everybody who left a review, good or bad. Do you have a dark tale to tell? Fact or fiction, you can share your story at WeirdDarkness.com and I might use it in a future episode. The following stories from this episode are purported to be true and you can find links in the show notes. The Woman in the Blue Sorry was written by Amardeep Singh, posted at MyHauntedLife2.com. I Was Possessed by a Demon was written by John Austin for Express. The Ghostly Kids of Hungry Hollow Road was submitted to Weird Darkness anonymously and posted with permission to MyHauntedLife2.com. Carlsbad Lagoon's Sinister Siren was posted at BackpackVerse.com. The Haunting of Laura, written by Stephen Wagner for ThoughtCo.com. La Lola, the Vengeful Female Spirit in Northern Chile was written by Waylon Jordan for ParanormalInvestigating.com. My First Spooky Experience, submitted anonymously to WeirdDarkness.com. And Haunted Lehigh, Oklahoma, written by Paul Dale Roberts, aka The Demon Warrior, posted at MyHauntedLife2.com. Music in this episode is by Shadows Symphony. You can find them online at Facebook.com slash Shadows Symphony. Thanks for joining me. In the Weird Darkness. If you were unfortunate enough to not receive a My Pillow as a gift this year, well, why not gift yourself? right now you can get two premium MyPillows and two go-anywhere pillows for one low price. And free shipping is still available. You can check it out right now. Just go to MyPillow.com and then click on the four-pack special. Use the promo code WEIRD and you get free shipping, even now after the holidays. That's MyPillow.com. Click on the four-pack special and enter the promo code WEIRD for free shipping.
0: From the kids to Aunt Sue, keep your whole family connected on all their devices with crowd-pleasing GigSpeed Internet from Xfinity. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Learn more about GigSpeed Internet or other popular plans With Xfinity, you'll enjoy faster downloads and a better streaming experience. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and are not guaranteed.
1: Every day, Comcast Business is helping businesses big and small go beyond the expected to do the extraordinary. Because beyond a simple transaction, there is making a customer for life. Comcast Business. Beyond fast. Take your business beyond at comcastbusiness.com.